This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 that says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by acknowledging of every, the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ. So 2 Corinthians 5 says that we should behold it. Now beholding something, you can look at, you can study it, but then to acknowledge it, take it in, make sure that it is your truth. So uh, that Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 is saying, make sure you understand that these things that are being said to you, who Christ is, is something that you should acknowledge. We mentioned last week that it, um, it, it, it is not, um, Christ is not, uh, Christ is the word of God, amen, that Christ is the word of God and the word of God is alive and that Jesus is the VIP, the very important personality, the only important personality when we're talking about the word of God and even the scriptures, amen. Today, we are going to be looking at, I am going to be speaking on the gift of the spirit. So we have been building on many things. And so last week we mentioned that we need to understand who Christ is in order to know who we are. Now, now that we understand who Christ is and it's not that we fully understand, we're going to continue to learn who Christ is. We need to understand some of the gifts that we have by being in Christ. Do I hear an amen? Now, the Bible talks about so many things about the scriptures but one thing we must understand and keep in mind is that we take hold of our realities in Christ we must take hold of our realities in Christ part of our realities in Christ is to know that there are gifts in the spirit amen that there are what gifts in the spirit the believer is a born the the believer is born of the spirit the believer is born of the spirit. Jesus says that which that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Amen. As a believer, we need to understand that we are not we should not act in our flesh. We need to act in the spirit. And so when we begin to act in the spirit, we will not have identity crisis. If we do not give reason or give uh, space for our flesh, then our flesh will not overwhelm our spirit. And then we'll be able to realize the gifts that we have in the spirit of the Lord. Amen. I pray in the name of Jesus this morning that our eyes will be flooded and our hearts will be flooded with light in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that we will see clear and have understanding as we understand and rejoice that the word of the Lord is yea and it is amen, that the word of the Lord is alive and it will edify us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The believer is born of the spirit and the believer lives in the spirit. 
as a believer, you are born of the Spirit. You are, you are to spend more time meditating on not your natural birth, but on your spiritual birth. Because it is your spiritual birth that makes you the part of the adoption. Hallelujah. That puts you in that position that I have been talking about over the last couple of weeks, being in Christ. It is your consciousness of you being born of the spirit. You must understand that anytime you're having a moment, you know, there's a nurse that I used to work with. She would just be like, and then she'd be like, George, I'm, I'm, ha I'm having a moment. Just give me a moment. I'm just having a moment. You know, when you are having a moment, understand where you are and where you stand. And that is, you must understand that you are born of the spirit. Thank you. Being born of the spirit is so crucial for you to know that because you're born of the spirit, you must live in the spirit. Do I hear amen? Being born of the spirit, you cannot be born of the spirit and then you're living in the flesh. You're born of the spirit, you live in the spirit. When you live in the spirit, it is not going to be easy for people to distract you. When you are living in the spirit, it will not be easy for people to allow you. You know, sometimes people know how to push a button. Oh my God. Somebody can I hear an amen this morning. Some people just know how to push your button. And when they push your button, they can push you over the edge and push you over your limit. But that is only going to be possible if you are in the flesh. When somebody comes to you and slap you on the face and you slap them back, you are in the flesh. But when the Bible says that when your enemy comes to you and slaps you in your face, turn the other cheek to him. But like, what? Turn what cheek? Lord, hold me back. Hold me back. Hold me back. Because you want to respond in the flesh. But, you know, I'm just using that that. Um, extreme example of somebody slapping you in your face. But there are many things that we have gone through in this life that you know that if I respond to you, oh my God, if I respond to you, you will not like my response. And so you stay in the spirit. You live in the spirit. Because there are certain things, you know, especially if you are working with people that they just, they just, they get on your last nerve. <laughs> Somebody's clapping like, oh, Lord, I know what that is like. When somebody is getting on your last nerve, it could be your spouse. Glory to God. <laughs> it could be your spouse. But when somebody is getting on your last nerve to be able to stay in the spirit, you don't just jump in and out. You have to have been living in the spirit to be able to abide in the spirit. Do I hear an amen? If you were in your flesh last night and you thinking that when somebody comes, they don't warn you when they're coming. They just come. And if you have not been in the flesh, uh, sorry, in the spirit since yesterday and somebody comes without explanation or without warning, you're not going to be living in the spirit. So it is very important for us to understand that we must live in the what? In the spirit. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. We're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. We'll continue reading. 
praise the Lord. But eyes, but it has, but as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither has he entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Let's go to the next one. But God hath revealed unto them, unto us, by what? His spirit. The Lord reveals to you not in your flesh. Please take note. The Lord speaks to you in the spirit. Because the Lord is a spirit being. And when he ministers to you, he's not going to minister to your flesh. So if you're looking for Jesus in your flesh, you will not find him. Tell your neighbor that. If you're looking for Jesus in your flesh, you will not find him. Because the flesh and Jesus, they don't go together. Hallelujah. If you're looking for Jesus, you're going to find him in the spirit. And the Bible is confirming to us this morning that he reveals unto us. How? By the spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Come on, somebody. It says, for, for what man knoweth the things of man... Save the spirit of man, which is in who? In him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Somebody say amen. amen. The gift is already in you. Hallelujah. This morning we're talking about the gift of the spirit. The gift is already what? The gift is already in you. The day that the Holy Spirit took residence in your, in your life is the day the Spirit of God reside in you. And all of the gifts was placed in you. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. But he hath... But he that is joined unto the Lord is what? He that is joined unto the Lord is what? One spirit. Let's continue. The next verse. It says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But that cometh fornication sinneth against his own body. Let's look at one more verse in there. It says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is you, hallelujah, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So when we talk about the body, I don't want you to look at your body. You know, you normally we, we use the body and the flesh synonymously. But the body, the Bible says, is the house of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The body is the house of the Holy Spirit. And so it, when, when, when the Holy Spirit takes residence in you, you become a spirit. Hallelujah. You become a spirit. And that is why we must understand that there are spirits and then there are spirits. So when you're looking at somebody and they have the spirit of the Lord, the spirit in you should be able to identify with theirs. If it doesn't, check them again because there are spirits... And then there are spirits. But one thing that I need you to understand is that spirits, they understand spirit. Hallelujah, somebody. Spirit, what? They understand spirit and they know who is superior. 
Hallelujah. So when somebody from the kingdom of darkness, they are spirit, when they come before you and they know that you do not know who you are and whose you are, they will try to intimidate you, not because they are bigger than you. Being intimidated does not mean that they have the upper power. The reason why someone or something like a spirit can intimidate you is because you know who you are. You don't know who you are. Do I hear an amen? Spirits understand. So when you are standing in your place of authority and a spirit, I don't know, let's use the ones that they normally talk about, a marine spirit comes they know that they must bow. Why? Because there is a spirit that is on the inside of you. As we read, that the Holy Spirit takes residence on the inside of you. What you carry is powerful. What you, what you carry is anointing. And if you do not know it, you walk anyhow. Because you don't know what you carry. Hallelujah. But when you know what you carry... Amen. When you know what you carry, you walk a certain way. You walk a different way. And so when you meet with other spirits, they know that you know. That you know that you know who you are in Christ. And that you are superior to every other spirit. And every other spirit must bow to the name of Jesus that is on the inside of you. So tell your neighbor, act like it. Walk like it. Talk like it. The spirit of heaven is on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. I don't want to get ahead of myself this morning. This is probably going to be broken into two. Amen. Because we absolutely, this testimony Sunday, you know, we, we absolutely are not going to have time to go into all of what I want to talk about this morning. Amen and amen. Where are we? Amen. We are talking about the gifts of the Spirit, yes? The gift of the Spirit. We know from the last couple of Sundays that the Word is a personality. And the Word unto, um, when, when the Scripture talks in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. This charge I commit unto you, continue Son reading. Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee that thou by them might as war a good warfare amen that phrase points to the future amen that phrase points to the future it does not say that the prophecy are an end in themselves you have to make sure that you understand that even when you receive prophecy, you still have to wage. Paul talks about waging, waging a, a good warfare. Amen. So because you receive a prophetic word or you receive prophecy, the prophecy itself is not the end, but it is a means to the end. Do I hear an amen? The prophecy itself is not the end. The prophecy is a pointer. So after you receive prophecy, now you have to do the work. What is the work? You need to make sure that, first of all, that agrees with your spirit. Where is this prophecy coming from? Do I hear an amen? Where is this prophecy coming from? We must be able to be able to know that the word 
the word there that is talking about is talking about a personal prophecy. So you can receive a personal prophecy, which means some prophecy relates to you. They, they are about you. Amen. When the prophecy comes to you, it will help you search what the Spirit has said. Amen. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Neglect so, not the gifts that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. With the let's start again. Let's start again. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Neglect, neglect not. Yes, gift, continue. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, uh -huh. which was given thee by prophecy. Uh -huh. With the laying on with laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Okay. Prophecy ministers to the mind of a man. Your spirit knows everything already. So when we talk about ministering of the prophet of, of prophecy, it is ministering to your mind because we mentioned and we spent a lot of time making sure that we understand that the spirit of God is on the inside of you. You have the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is perfect. The spirit of the Lord knows all things. So what when somebody gives you a prophecy, you should search yourself, search your spirit to make sure that it identifies. It shouldn't be strange that somebody is telling you something. It should not be strange that somebody is giving you a prophecy. Amen. The word of the Lord that is on the inside of you and that you have, you have searched through the scriptures will tell you whether the prophecy is correct. Prophecy ministers to the mind and of man and to man. Your spirit, like I said, knows everything, but it talks to, it, the, the prophecy is talking to your mind, but the mind must be educated. If you're not educated in your mind and a prophecy was given to you, you're not going to know. Is this of God or is this not of God? You do not run around looking for prophecy when you do not know the word of God. Because that is how somebody is going to prophesy something that is not of God to you and you're going to receive it because you do not know. You are not educated in the scriptures for you to know this this one, this prophecy, this is not of God. Do I hear an amen? We must be educated. The spirit and the spirit that is on the inside of you is being, min it's, no, sorry. The spirit that is in the person that is ministering to you is ministering to the spirit. The, the spirit inside of you should be hearing it and should be searching it. Hallelujah. It should be trying to figure out, is this so? When you're standing before somebody and they say, they begin to prophesy certain things, you should be able to determine, like I said, searching your spirit, what you've educated yourself about, and the spirit of the Lord that is perfect on the inside of should be able to tell you that is this of God or is this not of God. I want us to give us a, a, a quick example. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. I'm rushing this morning because I'm trying to I'm trying to get home. Praise God. Home as in finish my message, not home as in going home. Praise God. Acts now, 20, 23. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bounds and afflictions abide me. 
Okay, so here we are. Paul has this unction in his spirit that's saying that there's something that's going to happen. And then he said that in every city that he went, there are people that was confirming that something is about to happen. Amen. So Paul is saying that in every city, in, in every town, I have the same thing. The minister that ministered to me by other people, by believers. Amen. Witnesses and it, it, by witnesses and also confirmed by other people. Amen. But Paul, I want you to see what happens. This after all said and done, Paul understood that this is only a pointer. Okay? So when you are being prophesied to, you need to understand that it is a pointer. It is not the end. It is just a means to an end. You still have to figure out. Now, when you, somebody is prophesying to you, they may not know the detail. In fact, the Holy Spirit does not give details. He will only, because the prophecy is not meant to answer your problem. The prophecy is not meant to take the place of the scriptures in your life. In fact, the, the prophecy should line up with scriptures. If the prophecy is outside of scripture, something is wrong. And the only way you're going to know something is wrong is if you know the scriptures. Do I hear amen? The only way you will know that something is wrong is if you understand scriptures. Let's look at Acts 21.4. Acts 21.4. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the spirits that he should not go up to Jerusalem. So here we are that Paul now has met with individuals that also saw what was impressed on his heart, what has been confirmed in other cities, that there's something, there's, there's danger. No one has been able to identify what this danger is. So here are some individuals that they said that Paul should not go to Jerusalem. Amen. But because Paul has a very strong impression to go to Jerusalem, it almost looks contradictory. But the danger is exactly what Paul saw, that there is something that's going to happen. But Paul understood something, and Paul was vast in Scripture to understand that when a, script, when a prophecy is given, it does not dictate or overpower the Word of God. Hallelujah. It does not what? Dictate or overpower the Word of God. Paul knew that in order to do his work and his assignment, there's going to be situations. There's going to be danger. Because if he does not go, the people will not be ministered to. The people will not be reached. Amen. So what am I saying in essence? Paul did not allow prophecy to hold him back. I remember there was a sister who they told that she was going to have a car accident. So for like maybe five years, she didn't drive. For five years, she did not drive. Here is Paul, who they said, Paul, do not go to Jerusalem. And Paul already, the Lord has already impressed on his heart that 
you're going to, you, you need to go. There are people there that you need to reach. And so it's very important for you to understand and not interpret what God is saying and interpret it differently and make it look like, okay, since there was no specifics of what exactly, did they say he was going to die? Even if they said, even if they said, let's say a prophecy comes to an individual and say, oh, they see that you're going to die. The Bible, what does the Bible say? The Bible must be superior to that. Maybe they did see that. Who knows? I mean, they could have seen it. But if you yourself understand scripture and you prophesy scripture and say that I will live and not die. Take authority over the word that was prophesied to you and you tell it by the word of God because the word of God is superior to every other prophecy, word, whatever, whatever. You can utilize the word of God. Paul had understanding. Paul was mature in the spirit to listen to don't go. That would have been a major distraction for him. They were right. Even Paul saw that there's going to be danger. But danger does not mean that you cannot overcome. Hallelujah. And Paul had an assignment. Look at this 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 14. Paul was mature to understand this 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 14. What does it say? For and if he suffer for righteousness sake, uh -huh. happy are he, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Be not afraid of their what? Paul understood Paul was sound in scripture to know that, yes, I'm going. Even God has impressed on my heart that some things may happen. But even though things are going to happen, the Bible, put it back, put it back. Thank you. The Bible is making sure that we understand and Paul knew in his heart that suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. But be not afraid of their terror. It was impressed on Paul to go. Go. Does that mean you're, you're going to become something? You're going to go through school. You're going to do whatever. You're going to do business. You're going to do whatever. You're going to anything. Does that mean there's not going to be trials and tribulations? Does that mean you should stop? No. You go is what you do because the Bible lets us know that we must not be afraid of their terror. Neither be troubled. Hallelujah. I'm talking about carrying what? Authority. Paul knew. what the, Yes, yes, yes. Oh, it's going to happen. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Then some people say, don't go, Paul. They didn't say it out of bad, maybe. They just don't want him to die. They don't know what it was. But Paul knew that when he goes, yes, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be, but he must get the assignment done. Hallelujah. He must what? Get the assignment done. Amen. It is important for us to understand that prophecy is not an end, but a means to an end, and it only points now, when somebody prophesies to you, you must be able to judge the prophecy. How do you judge the prophecy? You judge the prophecy by understanding that is it in light of the scriptures? So they're saying, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. Is that in line of the scriptures? His assignment is to reach those people. Is it in line? So when somebody prophesies to you, is it in line with or in light of scripture? 
the prophecy is superior. I mentioned two, uh, uh, the prophecy is not superior to the scripture. God will not function outside the scripture. Know it and know it well. God will not function outside of scripture. So when you are being prophesied to, always keep in mind that God will not function outside scripture. Paul had an understanding, I mentioned that already also, that he must reach the people and that he will suffer for righteousness' sake. And there is a reward in suffering for righteousness' sake. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Prophecy are not always... Uh, prophecy are not precise. They are pointers. They, you, they, you, if you expect someone to prophesy to you and they tell you that yes, and then you know the person is wearing blue, and then his telephone number is three two four zero seven six. I don't see anywhere in scripture that that was done. Do I hear an amen? amen. Prophecy is a pointer. It is not something that answer all your problems you need to read the scripture and align your life with scripture so that you do not go around chasing prophecy there's a lot of individuals they come to church they have a home church but they still have one prophet back in Africa that they still call some prophet that they still have to if if this prophet doesn't speak then they're not gonna move they're not gonna leave the house that day there's a problem with that there's some individuals, maybe not in Africa, there's some people, they're coming to church, this is their home church, but still have some prophet in Houston that they call and consult with. That if that prophet, if that prophet does not say what they're going to do for that week, it's over, they're not moving. There are individuals who are utilizing prophecy to gain money. They just keep telling you, bring, bring, bring. Today, bring 5,000, send 20, 20K to Nigeria. Tomorrow, send it to South Africa. Tomorrow, buy this, buy that, buy this. You are just being, you're just being, you're being toyed with. Amen. It's not supposed to be for gain that somebody prophesies to you. Amen. So but understanding how to judge prophecy, is it in line with scripture? Is the prophecy in line with scripture? Um, did we read Acts 13 yet? Let's read it real quick. Acts 13, 1 and 2. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Syrian. Niger. Niger, yeah, thank you, Mom. Alicius of Syrian and Manin, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Yeah, and so. Praise God. Praise God. The, the words, uh, the, the names, you know. Yeah. That's good. We get the gist. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. So you can see even here when the Lord spoke to Paul, separate Barnabas and, you know, he didn't give any detail. He didn't give it. It wasn't. It wasn't a detailed, the way people are looking for prophecy to be detailed. That they're saying, you know, whose number is 3245892. You're wearing, you're wearing gold. Come out. You're wearing gold. Come out. Those details. First, we need to find out how is it, what is the purpose of that? That they know the name, the color of the underwear, the color of this, the color of that, the color... How does that, what does it do? How does it glorify God? 
How does it line up with scripture? How can we say that it is doing anything other than giving self-glory? Do I hear an amen? amen? When a prophecy has left the assignment of prophecy and is now doing self-glory, letting everybody know that, in fact, that is what they call soothsaying. And you must be able to know the difference between soothsaying and prophecy. And the only way you're going to know is by you to be educated in the word of God. So that you can know, does this scripture line up with the word of God? And also, is it self-gratifying? Is it focused on man? So the second, the second way of knowing if prophecy is right is, who is it giving glory to? Number one, is it in line with scripture? Number two, who is getting the glory? He, has, he drives a Mercedes. He does details. Who is getting the glory in that, what they're saying? Is it God or is it that prophet? That's something that you must, very, you must keep in mind. Here, when, when, when Paul was receiving and it says separate Barnabas, he didn't have those details that we see nowadays. We must be able to separate soothsaying. That is not the spirit of God. Remember I mentioned to you that as you have the spirit of God, there are other people who have other spirits. And if you can have Christ and you, you can have antichrist, you can have prophecy and you can have soothsaying. Because they're saying something that they, that is, that, that they, that is, that is a fact. Because they're saying facts or spitting facts at you does not make them sent from God. If that's not the case, then people wouldn't go to those psychics. They see. But which power do they see anyway? When they go and look at those, whatever, every, in every culture they have tarot cards, everything, psychic, tarot cards. Other ones that you guys know. I don't want to go in there today. Other things that they go and look into. That they, it tells you things. It's a familiar spirit. It can gives you facts. But what spirit is operating? Or what spirit is under, is, is, is in operation? It's very important. So we mentioned that who gets the glory? If somebody is prophesying to you, it should be giving God the glory. Not that, wow, prophet, go deeper. Go deeper. What's the color? What's the color? Go, prophet, go deeper. Because if you're telling, you're now putting the glory for the prophet. Whereas the prophet should not be the one getting the glory. The glory, whatever is being told to you, the glory should be God. So you have to be a mature believer. Hallelujah. You must be a mature believer to understand that gifts of the spirit are to glorify God and to edify the body. Do I hear an amen? So for those of your friends that you know that if they do not speak to prophets, I don't know, they will not move. I gave you the example of the young lady who they prophesied to her that she's going to have a car accident. Five years, probably more, did not drive, operate a vehicle. You must not allow anyone's prophecy to bring fear into your life. 
Do I hear an amen? All that do's and don'ts because of A, B, or C that they saw is not of God. Because the Bible says that he has not given you the spirit of fear. How is it that one prophet that you console in another village or another city or another country is letting you know that what you're going to do when you get up in the morning and what you're not is going to rain today so you better not go out. Something terrible is going to happen. Who? Something terrible might happen. That's probably the only thing you got in the whole thing. But that I will not go out as the terrible things are happening. The Bible said a thousand will fall at my right. I am in authority. Glory to God. I will not be bound by fear in the name of Jesus. So when you're trying to bring fear, you're telling me that I should not go out. Or I should not do this or do that. You're putting fear in me. And what does, or I should not, or, or I should not eat something. They don't want me to come. They don't like y'all over there. Glory to God. That I should not eat A or B or C. You're putting fear in me. And the Bible lets me understand that God has not given me the spirit of fear. So any prophecy, you see they like them on this side. Any prophecy that will bring fear into my life, I know it's not of God. Even if a man of God, so-called man of God, prophesied and it now puts fear in my heart, I shake off the dust from my feet and I go on knowing that I am a child of the king. I am who God says I am. I have a Authority, even if it's not going to be good, I have the power to be able to turn it. Even if it's not going to be good, sister, I have the power to change it. If they say, you know what, it's not going to be good for you, bro. Like, you know, it's not going, I don't see you, it's not happening. It's not happening. This nursing, it's not going to happen for you. How many times have you taken the exam? Give it up. Go do scrum. Go, go, go get a job with Brother Ben. Do something else. But if the God that you serve put the desire in you to be a nurse, take the exam the first time. Fail it. Take it again. Fail it. Take it a third time. Fail it. There's coming a fateful day. That the power of God on the inside of you will cause you to pass it. There was a lady I went to school with. Hallelujah. After I went to the lowest, I was telling my daughter Faye yesterday. I went to one of the lowest nursing school, period. St. Philip's College. That's where I went for my medication aid. That's where I went for my LVN. That's where I went for my R the worst when they say ranking big schools, where there's St. Mary's and uh, Incarnate Word, UT Health Science Center, they rejected me. They said that, ha, this kind of grace, you can't come here, I'm sorry. For me, I am an adult learner, hallelujah. I did all that I could do. But so, what was I saying? <laughs> yes, so the lady, she, I went to the worst school. She went to... Um, uh, the best school in San Antonio where they have to write 10 page paper with all of her 10 page paper she did not pass board 
She took it the first time. She didn't pass it. We were both in the, in, in, on the same. I became, I went to NICU, started working. She was working CNA in the same place. Second time, she took it. She failed. Third time, she took it. I mean, I went to the worst school. I've already passed. Third time, worst school in San Antonio. School, when I say worst school, it doesn't mean that nursing program is not good. When it comes to, I mean, bigness. Big school, four-year nursing program. I didn't go to any four-year. I just St. Philip's, they patched everything together for us. Praise God. Fifth time, she didn't pass. I don't know how many times, but it was a lot. Because years I had already gone by. And she still did not pass. But she didn't give up. Her story, my, the, the, what I'm trying to tell you now, it's not about me. The story is actually about her. She did not give up. She continued. She said, I went to this school. I will pass. So you may not pass on the fourth or fifth time. But eventually, if God said, that is what he placed on your spirit to do look I always tell people that what is in your spirit to do you did not put it there if you are a child of God it is God that put it on the inside of you and he will soon and very soon bring it to fruition do I hear an amen I'm going to stop right here but I'm speaking to you on this side when God puts it on the inside of you soon and very soon it will come to pass soon and very soon. This, my friend, my classmate, eventually passed her RN. I don't know who that word is for, but whatever it is that God placed on the inside of you, it will come to fruition. Don't let somebody discourage you. Don't let them say, maybe you heard wrong. God did not tell you. Maybe that's why you're failing. Stand fast. Keep on. Focus. And you will. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.